0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
1: From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk the bill michaels show now here's your host bill michaels
2: Welcome in, Wisconsin, to a Tuesday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. Thanks for listening wherever you may be across the great state of Wisconsin as we all bear down for another winter snowstorm that's supposed to hit the state today. I'm Radio Joe Zanzola. Hopefully you are staying warm. If you're on vacation, congratulations to you. Hopefully you're trying to find maybe a warmer climate Other than that, uh, I also want to say congratulations to anyone who might have won their fantasy football league last night. Maybe if you had Stephon Diggs on your team, maybe if you had Alvin Kamara on your team, Uh, there were some ridiculous performances this past week in the NFL. So uh, congratulations. Um, Not to uh, rub it in, but I did win my league in the NFL. 1250 AM the Fan Station League. So I, I have that going for me. Evan won his league. He's in a league where you win your fantasy football title and you get a tattoo. I'm not into that. None. But congratulations to Evan Heffelfinger. He's on the other side of the glass. He's taking your calls today at eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight. 830 8648 So we got all that going on. So again, congrats to you guys for. Uh, winning your fantasy football championships. I know some of you have leagues that go into week 17, um, and that's fine. Good luck to you guys there. But um, it, it is always a good feeling when you can win your league and have the bragging rights and feel like you know a little something about football, so that's good. All right, so that's enough fantasy football talk for today. We've got a big show today. We will be starting to take our first look at the Chicago Bears with this big matchup coming up. On Sunday, of course, it was flexed to a 325 game. We will talk with Bears sideline reporter Mark Grody in the next hour. We will also talk with our Green Gold Insider Ryan Wood later in the show today. And we'll look a little bit closer into the film with our Radio.com Sports NFL Insider. You know him very well. He's been doing this for a while. Brian Baldinger, he will be coming up later in the show today. We also have a crazy football frenzy. Uh, We will go through every single game, outside of the Packers, of course, but every single game this week in the NFL. Week 16 was wild, to say the least. Um, Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, we will talk with Jim Polzine, of the Wisconsin State Journal and talk about last night's uh, upset in Madison, and that's where I'll kind of start things off, and then I will get into the Packers here coming up. But you know, last night, you know, really, we haven't, we really haven't had a chance to talk much college basketball on the show because it's it's Packers season right now, and it's it's Packers all the time, and we're gonna have a lot of time here in January and February to really get into the nitty gritty of this Badger season. But what, one thing's for sure. I can't remember a Big Ten conference that was this competitive. And really, the last couple of years, the Big Ten has has been an outstanding conference. The talent has certainly been there. But you have now nine teams in the top 25, including Wisconsin leading the charge. Wisconsin now is probably going to drop back a little bit after their loss last night to Maryland. But, you know, Maryland, they might, they may not have been ranked going into that game last night, but they certainly played like a top 25 team. And I think... If the win against Wisconsin doesn't get them into the top 25 this time around, I think they are going to be in the top 25 very, very soon. That was a team loaded with talent, athleticism, size, and they just they brought the energy, man. I mean, I can't, you know, this year watching sports in the COVID world where there's really no fans, you talk about a team that brought the energy. I mean, Maryland, every time there was a big bucket that the Terps hit, that Maryland bench was going absolute bonkers. And I think when you're in that kind of situation, you want to find as much energy to feed off on, to help carry the momentum and be able to get on these crazy runs. And that's what Maryland did last night. I mean, Maryland, they closed out that game against Wisconsin, 16 of 19 from the field. And, yeah, I will say this. The Badgers at times didn't play the best defense where Maryland was you know, being able to finish inside on them, but there were other possessions where Wisconsin, they were getting them down all the way to the end of the shot clock, and Maryland was still able to hit some crazy contested shots. I mean, sometimes sometimes in sports, especially in basketball, you could play the best defense in the world, and guys are still going to find a way to hit a shot on you. Right, I mean, that that's just what it is. And that was the unfortunate part for the Badgers. Maryland 16 of 19 to finish out that game. And even then, Wisconsin was still in that basketball game. Which, again, just continues to be a testament of how good Wisconsin really is. The Badgers, they're going to be just fine. And they weren't going to win every single Big Ten game. So... Yeah, Maryland wasn't ranked at it in that game, but I think that's a team that you could say should be a top 25 team. That's another very talented team. The Badgers the Badgers last night did not lose to a bunch of scrubs. And the other guy, too, that I've been really impressed with in the early goings, and I hope he keeps it up for the Badgers, is Demetri Trice. Like, Trice, he's 24 years old now. He really is the seasoned vet of this team. And the one thing about Demetric Trice has been throughout his whole career for the Badgers he's just been a very inconsistent shooter. Like, you just don't know which Demetrius Trice is going to show up every single game. He's either going to have the really ice-cold games where he can't hit a basket to save his life, or he's going to have these other games where he's just red hot and he can't be stopped. And I feel like this season, being the senior that he is, there is just so much more confidence in his stroke. And you saw it last night, like he was keeping the Badgers in that basketball game and he was answering with some big time buckets, him and Nate Reavers, both Reavers was ice cold in the first half. He got going in the second half and those guys were kind of keeping things going and keeping pace with Maryland. That was, I don't know about you, but that was just a great game to watch last night from Monday night at the end of December, maybe you were watching that Bill's Patriots game, but. Otherwise, if you, if you missed out on the Wisconsin game, it was still fun to watch. Even though the Badgers came up on the losing end, it was still a really exciting game. And I don't think this is something to really overreact to. I think the Badgers are going to get back on track. I And I also think, too, that you know, for their next six games are against top 25 teams in this conference. Like, you're not going to get too many easy games this season, but I think the Badgers will beat up on some of these other top 25 teams. I, you know, I, it's just, to me, that's going to happen. The Badgers are a really good basketball team. I would say this, though, before I jump over to the Packers. The Badgers cannot shoot 50% from the free throw line. Like, that was the other thing that killed them last night. They cannot be doing that kind of crap. And overall, Badgers have been very good from the free-throw line this year. They've got very capable shooters when they're there at the charity stripe, but last night that just wasn't the case. I just don't understand why collectively they were that bad. But that that was one of the key things that cost them in this game. So we'll talk more about that coming up with Jim Pulzine in about 15, 20 minutes or so. But let's go over to the Packers. And I didn't really have a chance yesterday to share my thoughts on the win. I went back and rewatched that game last night. And all I know is I have been sitting here for the last few weeks wondering, pondering, you know, okay, we know the offense is really good. We know that these guys are all sold and understand Matt LaFleur's system that he has installed. To see so many guys stepping up, whether it's catching passes, making blocks, doing the little things to just move that ball down the field and being able to score, the offense has been incredible. And the offense, to me, is good enough to take you far in the playoffs. But the one thing, and we talk about liabilities, it's been that Packer defense. And the one thing I wanted to feel and, and feel comfortable with especially towards the end of November was could this Packer defense take it to the next step or is this just what they are? They're just a mediocre run defense. They're pretty decent in the secondary, but is that going to be enough? Can they make stops when it matters, get the football back in Aaron Rodgers' hands and be able to score again? Like that's just the one thing. So during this stretch of games where most of which the teams that they've played have been mediocre, the Packers' defense has checked every box. And there are players on, on this defense that have certainly taken the next step. I mean, I'm staying the obvious here. Darnell Savage is one of those guys that has certainly checked the boxes here. I don't know what has made Darnell Savage better. And Darnell Savage, to me, in the early goings of the season, just kind of seemed to disappear at times. I mean, you just... You didn't really see or heard from him. I mean, he wasn't, there weren't too many positive things that were coming from Darnell Savage. But over the last few weeks, I mean, this dude's jumping routes. He nearly had a pick six on that second ball that he almost picked off on Ryan Tannehill in that game. His vision has been incredible. He's been able to get up in the box and shoot gaps and get to the quarterback. I mean, he just, he was all over the place in that game against Tennessee. And when you can have Darnell Savage peak like that, man, that's just, that, that that certainly helps. That certainly helps your defense. Adrian Amos is another guy that just continues to make plays, whether he's going after the football, he's going after the quarterback, he's making big hit open field tackles. I mean, you're secondary right now, let alone with Jair Alexander, who's just incredible. The secondary is doing just fine, and that sec- secondary, to me, is good enough to help you win a Super Bowl. And then you go up front, and again, so many different packages we saw. The fact that Mike Pettin was able to drop a game plan where it was all about stopping Derrick Henry. And I, I, I think, too... Having snow in that game made things even easier for Pettin to game plan because you knew Tannehill was going to have to adjust to a very snowy, frozen Tundra Lambeau field. Like it would be a little bit difficult for him to maybe throw the ball. So having three down linemen, four down linemen, having, you know, six, five, six, seven guys in the box and being able to hold Derrick Henry to less than 100 yards. Think about checking all the boxes there. We all talked about this going into the game, guys, remember? Like, it was, okay, here we go, Derrick Henry, they're going to be tested. They weren't able to see Christian McCaffrey last week. Let's see what happens against Derrick Henry. You held the dude to under 100 yards. He only had a couple of big runs where it was close to 10 yards a carry. Beyond that, you shut that dude down to get after the quarterback on top of it, I and mean, Preston Smith looks like a new person. Preston Smith looks like the Smith brother that I could remember from last year, getting after the quarterback. Rashawn Gary continues to be disruptive. Even if he's not getting home, he's putting a lot of pressure on the offensive lineman that he's going up against, and that's allowing guys like Preston and Zadarius and Kenny Clark and some of these linebackers to do things to make that quarterback uncomfortable. And Zadarius Smith, I mean, he's one sack away from matching his sack total from last year at 13-and-a-half. I mean, the Smith brothers are alive and well. So we're putting all this together with just the defense alone against a very good Tennessee Titans team. I didn't think this would be possible. I didn't think the the that the Green Bay Packers defense could make this next step and to see so many different guys on this defense playing at another level. I wasn't really expecting that. I kind of thought that this is what this defense was like, this is just it. This is what you have to deal with. And this might make or break your chances in the playoffs. But now I'm sitting here today and thinking, I don't know what else I need to be convinced about here. Like, the Packers have a Super Bowl team. S- some of you may still have doubts about it. I, I but I'm just I'm having a hard time sitting here today thinking that the Packers cannot get to the Super Bowl and cannot win the Super Bowl. That was the test against Tennessee, and the Packers passed. It wasn't it wasn't even it wasn't even a close game. Like I thought when I when I was on the Bill Michaels Huddle last week with Bill. I said that this is going to come down to the final possession. The Packers will win this game with a game-winning field goal from Mason Crosby, and it'll be 38-37. I mean, you won by what, 26 points against Tennessee? That's just crazy to me, guys. I just don't know what more you have to be convinced by to think that the Packers can win it all this year. 855 830 8648. You guys are welcome to chime in on that. And it, it's going to lead to something else I'll get into on tomorrow's show when I fill in for Bill. It's just this whole Super Bowl or bust mentality. Because when you have a team that's this good and Aaron Rodgers playing, who, I mean, just give the MVP to Aaron Rodgers, just give it to him. But when you p- put all that together, it is Super Bowl or bust. It is. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. On the other side, we'll get to what I haven't talked about, and that's A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon, great breakout performance against the Titans. But what I just don't know is, I don't know what Packer fans are thinking. Like, I don't know if Packer fans, I don't know if they really know what they want at running back next year. So we'll talk about that coming up on the other side of the break. I'm radio Joe Zenzola filling in for Bill today. A lot to get to on the show. We will have more of the Bill Michaels show coming up next.
1: Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
3: This segment of the Bill Michaels show brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. What's for dinner? Quick Trips got you covered. Take-home meals prepared fresh in their kitchen, ready to heat and eat in yours. Choose from the options like fettuccine alfredo with chicken and so much more. That's our friends at Quick Trip.
1: 19. 19. Snap it! First down and a lot more, and all the way to the end zone goes AJ. And off he goes for
2: 30 yards and a touchdown. I like courtesy of NBC Sports. It's the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Radio Joe. And for the big unit today, he'll be back tomorrow night uh, for the Bill Michaels Huddle. 6 to 8 p.m. on many of these same network stations and uh, on the panel tomorrow night will be Grant Bills from WKTY or Fine Affiliate in Lacrosse and Dan Casper from Sports Talk 105.1 up in Eau Claire. They will be on the panel for tomorrow night with the big unit and then Bill will be back on this show coming up on Thursday. So want to talk a little bit about A.J. Dillon. You heard that highlight there. A.J. Dillon just played out of his mind and that was the big fourth and one play where Dylan was able to get to the outside, break two big tackles, and just scamper his way to a touchdown. Um, it really was incredible to see A.J. Dylan being able to just bruise his way for extra yards, for first downs, to really take other Titans defenders with him and really make a statement. You know, this is a guy that... First of all, has not seen much action when he was healthy in the early parts of the season because number one, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones were healthy and there weren't too many instances where you needed them. Maybe you could have used them on a short, you know, down in distance, like a third and one. But even then, the Packers decided to go against it. My guess is that A.J. Dillon probably just wasn't ready. That some of the nuances of this offense and his role, maybe he hadn't grasped yet. And then he was out for the few weeks with COVID, which really really sucked for him. But to just see everything come together for this guy, and to see a second-round draft choice from this year's draft class go out and help you win a football game... um, that that is always going to be a bonus. But the thing is, you know, I I feel like every week when we watch these running backs, whether it's Aaron Jones going on, having a big game, or it's Aaron Jones not having a good game. And Jamal Williams comes out with a big game, or in this situation, it was all AJ Dillon all the time. And Aaron Jones did not have a bad game. He actually had a good game, but This was all about AJ Dillon. Sometimes I think Packer fans just don't know where they stand about the future of the running back position. And I could go on this whole long diatribe about, you know, running backs and wear and tear, and, you know, it's dangerous to be paying a running back big time money into their second contract because you just don't know how much longer they're going to last. But I'm just having a hard time sitting here and thinking, that Aaron Jones is going to be in a Packer uniform next year. And we all love Aaron Jones. I think there are some Packer fans that are willing to pay Aaron Jones whatever he wants. But considering Drew Rosenhaus is his agent now, I think this is just going to make it even harder for Brian Gutekunst to try and re-sign him and to be able to find a bargain basement deal with this kid. Aaron Jones should be able to go out and try to make as much money as he can right now. Because you don't know what the life, the shelf life is going to be of him. And I don't want to sit here and jump the gun after one performance, but wouldn't you feel fine if it's A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams next year? And some people could say that Give me Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. The heck with Jamal Williams. You pay Aaron Jones whatever he wants. A.J. Dillon's your backup, and you go from there. I I think one thing's for certain. I don't think the Packers are coming back next year with all three of those running backs. A.J. Dillon will be on this team next year. But to me, I don't know if it really makes a ton of sense if you're going to keep Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams because I don't know if a second-round running back should be your number three. I mean it's a good problem to have, right? But I think with the Packers and how much money they have or actually the lack of money they have, I just don't know if they really can bring back Aaron Jones. I, th- I think you just you're just going to have to pick between one of those two. So I don't know if AJ Dillon's performance Convinced you one way or another about what the Packers should do. But I think for me at least, it's making things even more challenging to bring Aaron Jones back next year. 855 830 8648. 855 830 8648. That's where you can get a hold of us. You can also tweet at me at Radio Joe Sports. But that, that's the thing. Like, I just don't know where the Packers stand next year. As of, as of right now today, this is the best situation possible. Cuz assuming Jamal Williams can get healthy, and we'll try and get an update on that from Ryan Wood coming up later in the show, but I mean, you're 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 sitting pretty. Again, when we're talking about Super Bowl and getting there, you're sitting pretty if one of those guys gets hurt. You're still going to have a pretty good one-two punch. But I just don't know if that trio is going to be coming back next year. And maybe Brian Gutekunst's job got easier based on what A.J. Dillon did in this game against Tennessee. And maybe this is what Brian Gutekunst was hoping for when he drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round this past year. And there's a lot to think about there. Eric in Green Bay listening on WDUZ, the fan up there. You're next up on the Bill Michaels Show.
4: Hey, how's it going, man? Good. Hope you've been having a good holiday. Um, I like this topic of the running backs on this team. Um, Now that we've seen what A.J. Dillon can do, and then also heard his interview afterwards, it it amazes me after years of struggling to get a decent running game. They've got three backs that are not only – solid backs and Jones is a a home run threat. And now we see Dylan and it's like, wow, we got three backs that can take it to the house, three backs that can catch the ball. I think the best grab I've seen in a couple of years was Jamal uh, Williams against the chiefs last year in the back of the end zone. Um, And not only that, all three of them are solid individuals. Not one of them is a diva D bag.
2: Nope. They're all likable dudes.
4: yeah, it's really unfortunate that they can't just give the whole room a big fat raise and let them their agents work out how to split it up accordingly and keep all three of them. Because, gosh, man, I I, I have really never been so um, impressed with the backfield as far as not only the on the field but the off the field. Uh, I just these three cats are. You hear A.J. Dillon's yesterday interview after the game, and it was like, wow, another one? Man, give me Jamal and the A.J.'s any day. Any day. I love it. Thanks for taking my call. Have a good day.
2: Yeah, you too, Eric. Thanks a lot. And you're absolutely right. They're all very likable guys. They're all fun dudes. Jamal Williams especially with his personality. I mean again, you talk about bringing energy to a team, Jamal Williams is an energy guy. Aaron Jones walking around with the sombrero and the shades. I mean I, I who doesn't love that? That 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 is really cool and they do have three classy individuals. We'll talk more about this. For those of you on hold, stay right there. I do want to talk a little Badger hoops after last night's upset in Madison as the Terps knock off the Badgers. Jim Polzino of the Wisconsin State Journal will join me. But for those of you on hold, those of you who have been tweeting, we will continue with this about A.J. Dillon and the future at the running back position. I'm Radio Joe Zanzola. We'll have more of the Bill Michaels Show coming up next.
1: Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
2: Wisconsin, you're locked in to the Bill and Michaels show here on a Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Radio and Zola filling in for Bill. They'll be back tomorrow night for the Bill Michaels huddle, and then back on this show on Thursday. I'll be keeping you guys company for the next couple of days. Well, not what we wanted to see at the Kohl Center last night. As the Maryland Terrapins come in, they bring all the energy in the world, and they knock off Wisconsin. Badgers coming in number six in the country, so they will drop. Can't imagine they're going to drop too far. The Big Ten is just, man, so many good teams. And Maryland certainly, if they don't get in now, I think they're going to get in soon. Very talented group. They should get into the top 25 um, at some point this year. But to talk more about last night's loss... You can check him out on Twitter at Jim Polzine, WSJ, and of course with the Wisconsin State Journal, Madison.com. He is Jim Polzine. Jim, what's going on? How much, Joe? How are you? I'm doing well. So, you know, last night, Maryland just, that, that was just some incredible balling from Maryland. I mean, what was it? They they made 16 of their final 19 field goals, and it's not like the Badgers played bad defense. There were a lot of contested shots. It's just sometimes you can do everything Everything in the world playing good defense, and the opposing team is just going to hit those shots anyway. I think that's kind of the reality of it last night.
5: I thought they just played with more urgency than Wisconsin. They they went downhill at Wisconsin. They played with a really small lineup, um, and that put EW in a quandary. They got Nate Reavers in some bad positions out on the perimeter, blew by him and scored a lot at the rim. I mean, 38 points in the paint is way too many to give up. And that doesn't even count, like, free throws off of drives to the basket. I mean, if if you add those into it, it's probably around 45, 46 points just generated based on drives to the rack. So, you know, Wisconsin had that happen a little bit against Marquette. Athletic teams caused uh, this defense problems, and I think that's what happened last night.
2: Well, and I think the other thing, too, was, you know, we're always talking about the COVID world and what empty stadiums look like and how you have to generate your own energy. Maryland, the energy was through the roof. I mean, these guys, every time a big shot was hit, these guys are all up. They're jumping around. They're hugging each other. It's like they won the national title. But I think that that is a big thing in this. The Cole Center, as hard as it is to play there, that's not the case this year. And so opposing teams have to find their own energy. And I think that was part of that too, last night.
5: Yeah, you could tell right from the get-go that they were, you know, any good thing that happened, they were up off their seats on the bench and really keeping the noise and the energy going. Um, I mean, Mark Durgeon said after the game that he was kind of mad at the Big Ten because they sent Maryland on the road to play at Purdue on Christmas Day and then another road game after that. He didn't, he, he didn't appreciate that, but he did go on to say that he thought it was a good thing in, in retrospect because you know, just kept the team together. They grew, they sat in meetings, they, you know, they just kind of bonded, I think. And they showed it last night. It was a team that was desperate. They they were 0-2 in the Big Ten. They needed a win. Um, they just played like, I hate I hate using it because it sounds so cliché, but they played like they wanted it more. And Wisconsin, coming off a big win, didn't match that intensity. And, you know, there's just, as 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 good as Wisconsin is and experienced as they are, there's not a ton of talent difference between Wisconsin and Maryland um, and, and, you know, so it really comes down to which team plays better and plays harder on a given night. And last night, that was clearly Maryland.
2: Talking with Jim Zine of the Wisconsin State Journal here on the Bill Michael Show, talking about last night's upset in Madison. Uh, you know, one guy that I continue to be really impressed with, and he's been very streaky throughout his whole tenure uh, at Wisconsin, and that's Demetrik Trice. You just don't know offensively which Demetrik Trice is going to show up each night. But I don't know about you, Jim. I feel like Trice is way more confident in his stroke this year. And he was one of those guys that kept the Badgers in that game last night, hitting some big shots down the stretch.
5: Yeah, he was really he was only their he was really their only consistent offensive threat. They had Potter um never really established himself. Reavers was you know, he had one stretch in the second half where he was good, but he struggled. Davison was really, really struggled too. So trice they needed Trice to kinda of do a little bit of everything and and he's had back-to-back games now, 29 against Michigan State, 25 last night, where he's he's really carried this offense. And um, I'm sure he there's a couple shots late that he'd like to have back. He had a drive to the basket that could have kept it within, you know, one possession game, and it didn't go down. Um, but he carried a pretty big burden last night, and at least on the offensive end, and, and held them in it when other guys, you know, weren't really helping out around them, around him.
2: You know, the other thing, too, offensively, you know, we weren't sure after Bo Ryan left a few years ago whether or not the swing offense was going to go with them and whether or not Greg Gard would be able to carry that forward, to be able to coach it to this new group. I mean, there were a lot of questions about that. I got to say, collectively, watching this Badgers team the last couple of years, Jim, the swing offense is alive and well, and I think you got to give a lot of credit to Greg Gard being able to instill that in this group and to be able to do it well.
5: And Bo actually went away from it late in his career, and and that first season when Gar took over midseason, he brought it back just because he thought the team needed some sort of, you know, some some sort of process. It was it was too much freelancing, and he thought a system would be better. And ended up rallying them that season. And he's made tweaks. They they do a little bit. And it's not just it's not just the swing. It's the, they do a little bit of a flex, and he's kind of molded this offense into a you know kind of morphed into a, a multi-dimensional thing, and. Um, they still want to get the ball inside. I still don't think they get the ball inside enough. And, you know, last night an issue was they got the ball inside and didn't finish well enough. They just did not finish, you know, in high percentage areas like they should and missed some key free throws. So when the swing offense is working and, and, and it's, it's being executed, I think it's a really good offense. But last night there was a lack of execution, and it really cost them. I thought the key stretch of the game, Joe, was Maryland went on a scoring drought of like seven and a half minutes that covered both halves. And Wisconsin's lead only went from like four to seven during that stretch. They, they had a chance to really build a pretty big cushion and couldn't do it. And, you know, that's a sign to me that the offense just isn't functioning like it's supposed to. And, it, you know, it ended up biting Wisconsin because then their defense collapsed and, and you know, Maryland, you know, took advantage of the game.
2: Well, it's going to be interesting now as we talk with Jim Polzine of the Wisconsin State Journal uh, coming up on Thursday. The Badgers are going to have another big test against Minnesota and Marcus Carr, who has just been red hot for them this season. And really, Jim, I mean, four of their next six games are going to be against top 25 teams in this crazy competitive Big Ten this year.
5: Yeah, and that's why he really want to win a game like last night. I mean, there aren't going to be a ton of games against unranked teams and at home you should hold serve. I mean, I, I wrote this last night, but the kind of the, the the old adage for winning the big 10 title is taking care of business at home, um, holding serve there. And then, you know, going somewhere around 500 on the road and, and they went and got a big win on Christmas day at Michigan state. And then they gave it back last night. And so, you know, you you, you always wonder if this was going to come back to haunt this team late in the season when they're fighting for the big 10 title. And, and you know, it's, The the flip side of that is there's some lessons to be learned from last night, specifically on the defensive end. And um, Sometimes a loss isn't always the worst thing if you can take something from it and learn from it, and and we'll see where Wisconsin goes from here in that regard.
2: Well, I think it always helps a team, too, to be humbled just a little bit, even when you are playing really good basketball. A couple more for you, Jim. I have not seen or heard anything about this. Have you heard anything about Howard Moore and his health and how he's doing?
5: Yeah, the last I heard, he's still in a long-term care facility. Um, Because of COVID, it's been, you know, it's restricted on who can go in and and see him. His family, his immediate family can go in. But, like, Greg Gard hasn't gone in and seen him since a couple days after the win at Indiana and the regular season last year when they took the Big Ten Championship trophy in there um, and, you know, kind of uh, showed Howard that and gave him a hat and T-shirt um, but other than that, they've been pretty. The family's been pretty tight-lipped about um, his prognosis and his and his and his rehabilitation. Um, they want to keep it private, and you know I certainly respect that. Um, you know, I, all I can say is it's going to be a long recovery, and you know that that much is clear. And so, you know, updates have been few and far between. But um, last talking to Greg Gar, that's what I know is that he's still in a long-term care facility, and, and and his recovery has been slow.
2: Yeah. Again, hoping for the best with Coach Moore. Uh, last one for you, Jim. And actually, I want to go over to football for a second. Tomorrow is the Mayo Bowl. I, I know. I know you follow the football team as well. I, I mean, look. For me, this is all just. This is just about development. Like it's another game for Graham Mertz um, to continue to find confidence in, in himself. A lot of these younger players. What are you looking for in this game tomorrow against Wake Forest?
5: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like it's so I don't remember a bowl game that's generated less interest and just in people I talk to, um fans and stuff like that. I just I think people are kind of ready to get this season over with. But I do think these practices and this game can help in some regards. Certainly you mentioned Mertz. I think it's, you know, if he can end on a positive note and, and use that as a springboard in the next season, um I think that's big. The the guy I'm most anxious to see in that game is Jalen Berger. He's been out for a couple weeks with Covid. Um, he was just starting to hit his stride and and really gave Wisconsin's offense something it needed in terms of, um, you know, a a big play threat. This this team has just been lacking chunk plays, and and Berger's a guy that can give that to you. So, you know, I'm I'm hoping he's close to 100% tomorrow and we can kind of see the true Jalen Berger. Berger, And then he can use this as a springboard because he's going to play – you know, a big role in this offense going forward. And so you'd like to see him end 2020 on a good note.
2: Yep. No question about it. He is Jim Polzine. You can check out all of his work at the Wisconsin state journal and Madison.com. And you can always follow him on Twitter as well at Jim Polzine WSJ on Twitter, Jim, always appreciate it. And we will talk to you down the road. Thanks, Joe. Take care. You too. Jim Polzine on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. They work hard. You work hard. They treat you fair for 85 years and counting. 844 pride, or go to schneiderjobs.com. Again, 844 pride, or go to schneiderjobs.com. On the other side, we'll continue our conversation about the running back situation for the Packers. It's a good problem to have, and uh, also want to share some stuff from JJ Watt. If you didn't hear it uh, over the weekend, very very passionate. I guess you could call it a rant. Yeah, I I would say it's a rant, too. You'll hear that coming up as well. I'm Radio Joe in for Bill today. More of the Bill Michael Show next.
3: This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at New Mail Medical Center. The holidays are here. Gift-getting, holiday parties, traveling. With all the holiday fun, it may take the energy out of you. And if you're sluggish or foggy or moody, everybody's going to call you the Grinch. You don't want that. No, it could be low-tier, low-testosterone. My friends at New Medical Center, they can help you out just like they helped me, and you're going to have plenty of energy to enjoy all that the holidays have to offer. And when it comes to gift-giving, what better gift can you give your partner than a healthy love life? The medical experts at New Mayo Medical Center have a 98% success rate at treating guys with ED without the nasty side effects. And I know there's a lot of great food over the holidays, but you don't have to put on weight. As a matter of fact, you can take it off and jumpstart the new year for a new you. Call the medical experts at New Male Medical Center, 414-455-4451. Locations in Milwaukee, Green Bay, all over, 414-455-4451.
1: Now, a green and gold update. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens.
6: Head coach Matt LaFleur reviewed the Packers 40-14 to win over the Titans. Rookie running back A.J. Dillon rushed for 124 yards and two touchdowns. LaFleur spoke from his office on what stood out on the tape of Dillon's performance. Just the Yards after contact. There are many times where he's hit, whether it's at the line of scrimmage or two yards downfield, and he's getting six, seven,
5: eight, nine yards after contact. I thought that was so impressive. The last touchdown run he had, he literally ran over a defensive lineman, a nose. And and that rarely
6: happens in this league. The Packers Aaron Jones suffered a hip injury in the game, which allowed more snaps for Dylan. When the Titans got home, they had to place their kicker, Steven Gaskowski, on reserve after he tested positive for COVID. Nineteen, The 36-year-old was with the Patriots for 14 years before joining Tennessee this season. The Titans head to Houston to play the Texans. Head coach Mike Rabel said his team struggled to play fast in the snow against Green Bay.
2: You know, I think when the footing and the weather is what it is, the, the fundamentals are, are going to be you know, maybe what carries you through. Not, none of it was good enough.
6: That's the Titans' Mike Rabel in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show.
2: We'll hear more from the head coach, Matt LaFleur, coming up here in just a little bit. A couple more minutes here before the top of the hour. I'm Radio Joe in for Bill, continuing our conversation on the running back situation, which, again, is a very good problem to have right now for the Green Bay Packers. Bob, listening in Rhinelander, you're next up on the Bill Michael Show.
4: Joe, there's only one way the Packers keep Aaron Jones. Do you know what that is?
2: Um find a bargain basement deal that he would agree to
5: no no they're going to franchise him he's having for one more year and the reason being he has drew Rosenhaus as his agent and the rumor has it he wants a minimum of four years 44 million
2: (sighs) yeah i mean i i i don't i don't know bob and it it, that's a really good point thanks for the call i gotta let you go because we're about to break See, the thing is, the franchise tag for a running back, what that, what's that number going to be? like? See, I'd have to calculate it, because it's based on the average of the top five salaries of the position. That might be a little too steep. We'll have to check up on that. That's got to be a lot of money, especially after what we just saw, Christian McCaffrey make, Alvin Kamara... Might have to look at that number. So we'll we'll take a look into that, and we'll continue this as well. A lot, a lot to continue on. We will uh, talk with Mark Grody, the Bears sideline reporter, coming up at the bottom of the next hour as we take our first look at the Chicago Bears. We'll continue to talk about the running back situation. We'll hear from Matt LaFleur. We'll hear from J.J. Watt. A lot of good stuff ahead here on the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Radio Joe. We will have more coming up right after this.
1: Listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
0: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T Mobile. You can count on T Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
6: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.